glad Jesus is in the house. I said, I'm glad Jesus is in the house. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And I feel that liberty that's in this place. Can we give him praise one more time? Thank you, Jesus, for being with us, living in us, blessing us. We give you the praise and the glory today in Jesus' name. I'm reading this morning from Isaiah chapter 11 and also Revelation chapter 5. Isaiah chapter 11. We're going to begin at the first verse. Wonderful to be here on this day, a great and momentous day of rededication. This is my first time to be back since the renovation. This place is beautiful. It was already beautiful. Now it's even more beautiful. My goodness, just absolutely wonderful to see how the Lord is blessing east wind isaiah chapter 11 beginning with verse 1 there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of jesse and a branch shall grow out of his roots and the spirit of the lord shall rest upon him the spirit of wisdom and understanding the spirit of counsel and might the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the lord and shall make him of quick understanding in the fear of the lord and he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes neither reprove after the hearing of his ears but with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth and he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked I would like to turn your attention also to the book of Revelation we're going to read from the fifth chapter of the book of Revelation and the sixth verse the word of the Lord says this and I beheld and lo in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb hallelujah as it had been slain having seven horns and seven eyes which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth and I want to speak to you for just a few moments this morning on the subject, the sevening of the saints. The sevening of the saints. Could we lift up our voices unto him right now and ask for his blessing upon the preaching of the word of God today. Lord, we need you. We can do nothing without you. We pray that you will bless us as we deliver your word. We ask for an anointing upon the message that you have prepared for our hearts as it goes forth i pray in jesus name that you will speak life lord we know that when you speak your word it shall not return void but that it will accomplish what you have sent it to do and we pray in the name of jesus that you will do what you have intended to do in this place in every life hallelujah we give you the praise and the glory and the honor in Jesus precious name and everybody said in Jesus name and everybody said amen. amen and amen you may be seated in the name of the Lord I'm talking today about the the number seven <clears throat> and I understand that if we talk about the number seven here that it would probably be agreed upon by every body here that uh, the number seven is a special number we know that it's a special number 
to God. We know that it's a special number in Scripture. And in fact, some might say it is the number of perfection. It is God's perfect number, some people will say. The number of completion. It's my favorite number. It has always been my favorite number. As soon as I found out God likes seven, it was my favorite number. <laughs> Turns out God likes a lot of numbers, different ones, but seven just seems to top them all. And, uh, and, 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 and I just love that number. I was the worst at, at playing the game, pick a number one through ten. I was the worst. I, everybody always got the number. I was like, hey, pick a number one through ten. And they're like, seven. Oh, man, he got it again. I was always... Picking seven. But if I were to play basketball on my team, I got to pick my jersey number, I'd, I'd pick number seven. Unless it was taken. I picked number seven because that's God's perfect number. Unless it was taken. And then I would pick number one because the Lord our God is one. And if that was taken, I'd pick 11 because that was Isaiah Thomas's jersey number. It wasn't, wasn't quite as spiritual, but I had my methodology the number seven it is uh i mean we can we can even sometimes over spiritualize in fact I, it's important to know when we talk about numbers preach about numbers there's nothing mystical about them nothing magical about them there's no need to be superstitious about them but we sometimes over spiritualize it you know if we uh, go to chick-fil-a and order six nuggets and they put seven nuggets Look at God. Didn't have to do it, but he did. I know he can do it. He can do it. We get to the checkout counter, find out there's a 7% discount. Well, what does that bring my total to? That brings your total to $7.77. Look at God. Look at what the Lord has done. I went through a, I went through a, a cash a, a checkout lane one time and they said, that'll be $17.76. I said, $17.76? Is that your way of telling me it's free? Is that what you're trying to tell me? This is... they, they didn't, that's not what they were trying to tell me and they didn't think it was funny either. But, but there's something special about that number seven. It emerges over and over throughout the scriptures and so while we don't we don't over spiritualize it we don't think of it in a not at all a superstitious way we don't we don't get into to thinking there's something magical about it we have to take note of the fact that it's in the scriptures and the reason it's significant is not because there's power in that number but it's it's significant because it represents something and so we have to recognize what it represents there were in the scriptures there were seven golden candlesticks in the tabernacle we have to ask ourselves why were there seven golden candlesticks in the tabernacle Elisha told Naaman to dip seven times in the Jordan River but why did Elisha tell him to dip seven times in the Jordan River in Proverbs chapter 17 the scripture teaches us that wisdom hath hewn out her seven pillars why does wisdom have seven pillars? There are seven feasts that belong unto the Lord. Why are there seven feasts that belong unto the Lord? There are seven churches in the book of Revelation. 
And there were seven stars in the hand of him who walked among the seven golden candlesticks. On and on. We could talk about the seven sneezes of the man, the young man that Elisha raised to life. We could talk about Elijah sending his servant seven times to check out if there's rain. We could, we could talk about Joshua and the children of Israel seven times around the wall of Jericho and on the seventh day seven times. And we could talk about, we could talk about so many instances throughout the scriptures where one example after another, there's seven here and seven there, seven, seven, seven. And, and perhaps, the, perhaps the granddaddy of them all the seven days of creation seven days of creation and many people point to those seven days of creation as to explain why there are seven golden candlesticks and why there are seven this and seven that and the significance of seven and there's no question that creation itself is a model of why seven is so important God created the earth in six days Yet he was not done. He said, I do not discount that seventh day. That seventh day is important. It's a day of rest. I want you to understand, the Lord is saying, that though I, though I worked all week, every day is filled with work. And we do need to know that that's, that's the commandment of the Lord. Six days shalt thou labor. Now we, we focus a lot on the Lord said, I need to take a day of rest. But he also said you got to work six days. Six days, that's actually a commandment. Six days thou shalt labor. And on the seventh day you shall rest. God did this in creation. He created the earth in six days. And, and when he completed it, on the seventh day there was some kind of a holy hush that descended upon this earth. There was some kind of a, of a holy pause a completeness, a perfection. There was a, there was a rest that filled the earth that God had just completed. And it was a beautiful thing. But why were there seven days of creation? You know, you can explain scientifically the year. You can explain scientifically the month. But they don't really have a scientific explanation for why a week a week seems to be arbitrary in terms of science. It is the sheer prerogative of God that there are seven days in a week. He established it by his word in creation that there will be seven days, six of labor and one of rest, and it will be completion, it will be perfection. So why all of this? You have to go even before creation to understand what is the purpose of the seven in the scriptures? And we read about it. We read about it in Revelation chapter 5. See, this number is not a mystical number or a magical number or a, or a number that has power. It, it's a number that represents something. And it represents something in the heavens. It's in the heavens that this number gains its prominence. And, and John peered into the heavens. And he was the revelator. He received a revelation and then he became a revelator. He explained to us what he saw. And, and this is why the number 12 has significance. Because he saw 12 foundations and he saw 12 gates. And There are other numbers that have significance. But one of those numbers that has significance is the number 7. And John said, I looked into the heavens and I beheld something. 
Lo, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb. And this lamb had, as it had been slain, had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. These seven horns represent the authority. And these seven eyes represent the wisdom and the insight, the knowledge. And he said, I, I see this in the heavens. There's seven horns, there's seven eyes. And these represent the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. Now you must understand that the seven spirits of God are not seven different beings or seven different entities. There is only one God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and him only shall you serve. You shall love him with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your strength. There's only one God, and God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. In fact, the original says God is spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. No, these are not seven different beings or entities. These are seven expressions of one spirit. These are the seven breaths, if you please, of God. This word spirit is the word pneuma. It means breath. We actually use it in the word pneumonia. It has to do with breath. These are the seven breaths of God that are sent forth into all the earth. And John looked into the heavens and he saw that there are seven breaths of God. There are seven spirits, the sevenfold expression of the one spirit of God that go forth into all the earth. The prophet Isaiah explained these seven breaths if you please of God these seven expressions of the spirit of God and he described in his messianic prophecy that Jesus would come and he described him as a rod out of the stem of Jesse a branch shall grow out of his roots and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him that's the first breath of God the spirit of wisdom, that's the second breath of God. The spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, the spirit of knowledge, and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. These are the seven spirits of God, if you please. There they are, the spirit of the Lord, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might or strength, the spirit of knowledge, and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And Isaiah said, this one that will come forth as a tender plant out of dry ground, upon him shall be the spirit of the Lord, wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, and the fear of the Lord. And this was, of course, confirmed at the baptism at the Jordan River when the Spirit rested upon him. This was the Spirit in all of its fullness. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. 
and ye are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power in Jesus Christ dwelled the fullness of God he is God Almighty manifest in the flesh he is total perfection he is absolute completion and you and I can only be complete in him that's why we baptize in the name of Jesus Christ and that's why you must be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost because that's the only way you can be complete and I can be complete is in him you are looking when you look at the seven the sevenfold expression of the Spirit of God you are looking at the completion of God that is completion that is perfection the Spirit of the Lord wisdom understanding counsel might knowledge and the fear of the Lord so in the scriptures when the Lord was teaching the people about his divine nature and how his spirit operates he would often take them through experiences that gave them this understanding in symbolic form and this is why there were seven dips in the Jordan River and this is why there were seven golden candlesticks in the tabernacle and this is why there were seven this and seven that because he was teaching them the whole time how his spirit operates it's a blast of wind if you please it is the spirit of the Lord and then he will blow on you with wisdom and understanding and counsel and might and knowledge and the fear of the Lord this is the way that God perfects his people as a matter of fact the word seven is not just a number the word seven is a verb when the Lord swear unto Abraham that word swear means to seven ones self so when the Lord swear his covenant unto Abraham he was sevening the covenant unto Abraham he was giving forth his word and his word is a perfecting power he was saying Abraham what I'm speaking to you today I will complete it in you I will perform it to its fullest extent ladies and gentlemen I know in whom I have believed and I am persuaded that he is able you hear what I'm preaching to you he is faithful to perform what he has promised to you Abraham it's a covenant it's a swear this is why you and I do not swear we don't swear and we don't use swear words because we are not God we don't give forth oaths God is the one who swears and he can swear by no greater so he swore by himself and that word swear means to seven to perfect to complete God wants to complete his people God wants to perfect his people this is why he gave us the fivefold ministry hallelujah apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists for the work of the ministry hallelujah to edify the body of Christ and for the perfecting of the saints of God it is the sevening of the saints of God how does God perfect his church through his spirit which distributes wisdom and understanding and counsel and might and knowledge and the fear of the Lord. 
The fear of the Lord is the final component. This is why Solomon said, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Man must fear God. Hallelujah. He has completed the work. When man fears God, he has covered you with his spirit. He has filled you with his spirit and with wisdom and understanding and counsel. It is a process that unfolds in your life. And, and it is a constant perfecting and a constant sevening. Don't get discouraged in the process of perfecting. Don't get discouraged when you feel like things are getting too hot and things are getting too heavy. It's just God perfecting you it's God sevening you I know that this has been a tough year 2020 I don't have to remind you about it I don't have to take you back through a day by day challenge that you faced but if it wasn't one thing it was another and the whole earth was concerned and filled with fear but it wasn't just filled with fear it was filled with the glory of the Lord God has been with us every step of the way and I will tell you something I'm closer to him now than I've ever been before he's sevening his people he's sevening his church he's completing his calling he's perfecting his people oh I know it's been strange all the social distancing and all of the all of the I, I mean I, I don't even know where to start and if I did know where to start, I wouldn't know where to end. It's been a difficult year, but God is on the throne and God has a people. And he said, I will build my church upon this rock and the gates of hell shall not prevail against my church. Trust in me. Put your faith in me. I will keep you in all your ways. I will refine you with fire. Hallelujah. I will set your feet. I will set you up upon high places. Make your feet like hinds feet. Glory. Hallelujah. I could, I could feel God perfecting me. I woke up one night, Pastor Myers, in a panic. I had a, I had, I had a panic that just kind of, uh, kind of took my breath away, and I woke up, and names of people started flashing through my mind, and and I started praying for them. Oh God, keep your hand of protection upon your people. I started calling their names out, people I was concerned about, people I knew who struggled in the faith, and I and they weren't able to get to church, and things were crazy, and I was praying for them and and, and believing God to help them. And the Lord spoke to me and said, Hey, 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 this is my church. I felt the burden of caring for these people, but he said, Don't forget, I love them more than you love them. This is my church. These are my people. I'm going to take care of my people. You know, you don't, you don't learn that when everything is going good. When everything is going the way you want it to go. You have to go through a process of perfecting. A process of sevening. Naaman comes down. 
to Elisha with his leprosy and and he wants Elisha he said I wanted him to kind of wave his hand over the leprosy and call upon his God but that's not what Elisha did Elisha said no I'm going to send you through a process I want you to go down into a river that you wouldn't go down in on your own a river you wouldn't even cross over a river you wouldn't even fish in I want you to go down into the river step down into those waters and Naaman was offended and insulted and was about to leave but his servant said but master hallelujah if the if the prophet would have told you some great thing to do you would have done it but because he has told you this this thing that you think insults you you won't do it why don't you go ahead and try you came all this way just try what he said hallelujah hear what I'm telling you ladies and gentlemen just try what the Lord said just try what the word of God has instructed you to do he went down into those waters and he went down one time came up nothing went down a second time came up nothing went down a third time came up nothing four five six but when he came up the seventh time his flesh was restored to the flesh of a child I know some of you are dipping down into the waters of adversity and you don't know you can't seem to get your head above water you come up one time and you're back down under come up another time and you're back down under keep on going down because God is sevening you he's giving you wisdom he's giving you understanding you may not feel like anything's changing but the Lord is filling you with strength and with knowledge and there's going to come a day you're going to come up out of that water and your flesh will be restored to the flesh of a child. East wind, hear me. I know this has been a difficult year, a challenging year, but hear what I'm telling you. God is going to restore your flesh to that of a child, which means he's going to restore it like there never was a leprosy, like there never was a problem. He's going to restore it. I'm telling you, that's what God will do. When you get baptized in the name of Jesus, don't you know you come up and it's like there never was a scar? It's like there never was a leprosy. It's restored to the flesh. It didn't, it didn't say that it just took his leprosy away. It says it restored his flesh to that of a child. He went from being a leper to having the best skin in, in the world. He, gets, he comes walking out like he never had acne. He comes walking out like he never had a, 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 a laceration. He never had a cut, never had a scrape. It was the flesh of a child. God will do that. Notice when the Lord caused him to walk through the Red Sea. He caused him to walk through on dry ground. It wasn't soggy. It wasn't, it wasn't mushy. It was dry ground. It wasn't muddy. It was dry ground. When God, hallelujah, pours his spirit out upon you and begins to work wisdom and understanding and might and counsel and knowledge and the fear of the Lord it'll be like you never drank alcohol it'll be like you never were addicted to a chemical substance it'll be like you never did have a marital crisis it'll be like you never did have a financial hardship because God is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all we can ask or think Ah, well, 
Hallelujah. He's sevening me. He's sevening me. That's why don't, don't, get, don't get frustrated with people that are growing in grace. Don't get frustrated with them. Don't get frustrated. They, they, they might have wisdom and understanding. Maybe they don't have strength yet. God's sevening them. He's developing them. Don't get frustrated with yourself. Come on, don't get frustrated with yourself. You wish you had more faith. Just keep dipping in the water. Keep coming to the house of God. Come on in one more time, Naaman. Don't stop until God performs the miracle. Hallelujah. Don't stop until God performs the miracle. <laughs> I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. These, these expressions of the Spirit of God, they predate everything in this world. These are the precepts of the Lord. They are preceptual. They are the precepts of God. These are things that lasted, that, that existed before the foundation of the earth. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 19 and 20 says, The Lord by wisdom hath founded the earth. By understanding hath he established Establish the heavens by his knowledge the depths are broken up and the clouds drop down the dew Proverbs chapter 8 and verse number 12 notice that the seven spirits of God if you please are represented here he said I wisdom dwell with prudence I found out knowledge of witty inventions the fear of the Lord is to hate evil pride and arrogancy the evil way and the froward mouth do I hate counsel is mind and sound wisdom I am understanding I have strength hallelujah notice what he said in verse 22 he said the Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way before his works of old I was set up from everlasting from the beginning or ever the earth was when there were no depths I was brought forth when there were no fountains abounding with water before the mountains were settled before the hills was I brought forth while as yet had not been made the earth the fields the highest part of the dust of the world when he prepared the heavens I was there in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters that is the seven spirits of God that is the spirit of God in all of its seven breaths hallelujah wisdom and understanding and counsel and might and knowledge and the fear of the Lord moved upon the face of the earth I'm just going to go ahead and tell you this too. God said, let there be light. And that word, let there be, in the Hebrew is haya, which means the self-existent one. Or in other words, I am. So when God said, let there be light, he was saying, I am light. And there was light. When you received the Holy Ghost, it was the same Spirit that moved upon the face of the waters. And it was the same God who said, I am light that filled you. And he fills you with wisdom and understanding and knowledge, counsel, might, the fear of the Lord. Hallelujah. 
He's sevening you. Don't get discouraged. He's sevening you. Your greatest days are yet to come. You're entering into a day of rest. I refuse. I refuse to be discouraged by this fiery trial. I think back to three Hebrew children who refused to bow to the image that was set before them. The whole world was bowing in fear and intimidation. But Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, or as you may know them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, said, we will not bow. The king said, I'll throw you in to the fiery furnace. They said, our God can deliver us from the fiery furnace. And if he chooses not to deliver us, we still won't bow. The king said, all right, throw him in. I don't know about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but I, I don't know how comfortable I'd be in that moment. I just took a stand of faith. Now they're throwing me in the fiery furnace. And then as they're going in, he said, and heat it up seven times. That's all I needed to hear. Because with every degree you heat it up, you're sevening me. You're perfecting me. Hallelujah. One degree wisdom. One degree understanding. Another degree counsel. Some of you got a lot more degrees than you thought you did. But go ahead and stay in the fire. Because it's going to reach a seventh degree. And when it reaches the seventh degree, there's going to be a manifestation of the glory of God in that fiery trial. I'm going to tell you, when you get all seven expressions of the Spirit of the Lord operating in your life, you see the fourth man in the fire. You'll see him in the workplace. You'll see him in the hospital room. You'll see him in the courtroom. You'll see him. you didn't understand before you'll know things you didn't know before huh. because the spirit of the Lord is breathing understanding wisdom might counsel knowledge the fear of the Lord John said I saw those seven spirits of God and they were seven eyes and Isaiah said, they rested on him. He does not judge after the seeing of his eyes or reprove after the hearing of his ears. He judges with righteousness. He sees the big picture. When we look at it, we see through our narrow fleshly lens. But when he looks at it, he's got eyes that run to and fro. This is why when they brought the woman caught in the act of adultery... To his feet he didn't look at her through the lens of what did she do what did you say she did 
No, he had one eye looking at her past, one eye looking at her destiny, one eye looking at the abuse she experienced, one eye looking at God's call on her life, one eye looking at the heart that she had, that she didn't want to do it, she didn't want to live like this anymore. He had an eye on the fact that she was embarrassed and ashamed and wanted to change but didn't know how. And he said, let him that hath no sin cast the first stone. Hallelujah. They all had to throw the stones down. And he said, woman, where are thine accusers? She said, Lord, I have none. And he who really did have no sin and could have cast a stone said, neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Uh, I'm telling you what you let the Holy Ghost get a hold of you and breathe on you and breathe in you and you'll see the big picture COVID won't intimidate you. You hear what I'm saying? National unrest won't intimidate you. The difficulty and the violence and the turmoil, it won't intimidate you because you've got an eye on the whole big picture. I've got the Holy Ghost down in my soul. And he's perfecting me. He's sevening me. Woo, he's, he's sevening me. Hallelujah. Go ahead, servant. Go up and see if there's a cloud. I went up and there's no cloud. Go again. I did. Again, there's still no cloud. Go again. Go again. Go again. Lord, master, prophet, I've been doing this a long time and there's nothing. There's nothing really resulting from it. Saint of God, keep going. Saint of God, keep on. Keep him on. Because you're going to walk up there a seventh time. And you're going to see a cloud rising up out of the water like a man's hand. Hallelujah. There's something about the sevening. And then, and then when you get seven and seven together in the scriptures. My God, have mercy. When you've got, ah, God, I, I just, I'm not going to be able to preach all this. But, 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 but you, you can go look at it yourself. There's something that happens when you have seven and seven together. Seven full ears of corn and seven lean ears of corn. And seven fat cows and seven lean cows. And, 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 and seven and seven. Jesus looked at his disciples and said to them in one place, he fed the multitude with seven loaves. And they all ate. And he sent his disciples back out and said, pick up the baskets. They picked up the baskets. He said, how many baskets have you? They said, we have seven baskets. He said, that's good. They go on to, to another place. And he looked at them and said, they forgot to bring bread with them. And he looked at them and said, beware ye of the leaven of the Pharisees. They felt ashamed for not having bread. And said, he's talking about the leaven of the Pharisees. Because we forgot the bread. He knew their thoughts. And said, why are you worried about the bread? Have you already forgotten about the miracle of the loaves? How many loaves did you have? Seven. How many baskets did you take up? Seven. And you still don't understand? You have eyes, but you don't see. You have ears, but you don't hear. Hallelujah. What he's trying to tell them is, there is nothing impossible for me. There is a seven and a seven. Ah. 
So let me tell you what the seven and the seven is. The seven is the seven in heaven. That's what John saw. But then there's a seven on earth. That's when heaven comes to earth. That's God in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. That's the Holy Ghost being poured out upon all flesh. It's seven in heaven. It's seven in earth. That's why Jesus said when you pray, pray like this. Hallelujah. Thy will be done in heaven, in earth, as it is in heaven. Lord, I want the perfection of heaven. I want the completion of heaven. I want the glory of heaven to be here on earth. Seven us. Perfect us. Complete us. And we can go through the drudgery of the sevening. And feel like we're not making any progress. But when you enter into that seventh day, there is a rest wherewith the weary shall rest and a refreshing. That's where you are, East Wind. There's a breath of God coming upon you. I know this year has been a challenge. In many ways, it's been a drudgery. I will say that, but listen, East Wind has set the gold standard of internet ministry. You have ministered to people around the globe. God bless you for that. Thank you for that. God is going to reward you for that. And there is a east wind coming upon you. There's a breath of God. There's a revival that you're getting ready to step into. Hallelujah. God, I feel the Holy Ghost. God just sent me to tell you, you've been walking, laboring, lumbering. He said, Joshua, I want you to walk around the walls. I want you to walk around every day. I want you to walk around the walls for seven days. So here they go. They're walking, lumbering, laboring, trudging, drudging, trying to get through COVID, trying to get through difficulty, trying to get through unusual circumstances, trying to keep it all together. Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, every day seems like another drudgery, but they were approaching the seventh day they were coming into the sevening of the saints he said when you get to that seventh day there's going to be a Holy Ghost wind come on you and you're not going to walk around just one time you're going to walk around seven times on the seventh day Don't even make me talk about seven times seven because that takes us to 49 and you get past 49 and you enter Pentecost. You get past 49 and you enter Jubilee. I feel like somebody knows what I'm talking about. You've been in the fiery furnace and the degrees are just heating up, heating up, heating up. Hold your peace. Let the Lord fight your battle. God's got this. God's got this. <laughs> somebody that believes in, give him the prayer. Somebody that believes.
Egyptian. Give him the prize. Jesus God said I don't want you to utter a word while you walk around the walls I know it's been tempting with everything going on to complain to express your frustration but just save it for your praise save it for your praise can I encourage your child of God as you walk around this wall just hold your mouth mm, you're coming into the seventh day you're stepping into the seventh day and when you step into the seventh day, you're going to let it all out. Save it for the shout. Save it for the praise. Come on. You have stuff building up all year long. Come on. It's time to let it out in praise. Don't let it out in complaint. Let it out in rejoicing. Let it out in a shout of praise under the Lord. I need some Joshua's to come to the front of this house and say, God, complete me. Complete me. I'm going down in the Jordan another time. Perfect me. Seven me. Give me wisdom. Give me understanding. Give me counsel. Give me might. Give me knowledge. Give me the fear of the Lord. who has faced uncertainty in 2020 I want you to give God praise like he kept you I want you to give God praise hallelujah like he's a good God like he's a mighty God like he's an on time God sing we're gonna sing but the Bible says according to thy name so is thy praise I want you to praise him as great as his name is great if he's great then he's greatly to be praised I want you to give him a he brought me out kind of praise I want you to give him a he wiped
wipe the tears from my eyes kind of pray.
standing where you're at. We're going to move into an official dedication of this building. I realize you've been here. It's not a new building, but we're going to treat it like it's a, a new building today. Would that be all right? And I'm going to ask you to participate here in just a second. I think that God takes note of what we're getting ready to do. And so it's, to me, kind of a solemn deal. Of course, we're rejoicing and magnifying God, which is what we build these houses for. So we're not just here today to have just another church service. But we are here today that heaven and earth will bear witness of this building being dedicated. Jacob's Ladder, as I preached the other night, was a place where heaven and earth come together. And so the dedication of a building is the decreeing of our alignment to become the house of God and the gate of heaven. Somebody said amen. amen. So today we're going to dedicate this building that it would be a place where he will dwell through his covenant people that bear his name. Now, I understand some people argue, well, with the body's the temple. I understand that, too, that we're the house of God. But there's also a place where God calls us to assemble. And there's power when we assemble. Israel assembled when it was time to go to war. Israel assembled when it was time for God to speak through the prophets. So as coming to the house of God, there's power when we assemble. So God has given you this wonderful edifice as a place for you to assemble, for you to assemble. And so we're going to dedicate this place today to fulfill the proclamation of Jesus. It is known of all nations that my house shall be a house of prayer, a place where heaven and earth come together, a place of seven, a place of completion. That's what we're going to dedicate it for. We're not going to turn it into a den of thieves. But we're going to remember that it is a house of prayer. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to ask you to help me and to respond. I'm going to say these words. We declare and dedicate this building to be a place of. And I'll list a place of. And when I get through with saying that specific thing that this will be a place of, I'm going to ask you as a congregation to, to say in Jesus' name. We're going to participate. We're dedicating this today together. Amen. We declare and dedicate this building to be a place of love. We declare and dedicate this building to be a place of truth. We declare and dedicate this building to be a place of righteousness. We dedicate, we declare and dedicate this building to be a place of peace. We declare and dedicate this building to be a place of joy. We declare and dedicate this building to be a place of faith. We declare and dedicate this building to be a place of healing. We declare and dedicate this building to be a place of salvation. We declare and dedicate this building to be a place where the spirits of just men meet. We declare and dedicate this building to be a place of the angels of God ascending and descending. We declare and dedicate this building to be a place of true worship. 
we dedicate this building to be a place where his glory will dwell and all the people say amen now let's let heaven bear witness to our worship today in the name of jesus that's it worship and let heaven bear witness Thank you, Lord. We invite you to stay, pray as long as you want in this altar. We invite you to tour the building. We've asked the ushers and the staff to open up all the doors. And go back to office, cafe, Bible quizzing room. There's a whole wall back here that tells the history of this church over the past uh, 52, 53 years, and all that uh, you want to just walk around and, and look and observe. And as you do, give thanks to God because all the glory belongs to Him. Hallelujah. And tonight, if you enjoyed what you felt today, tonight we're going to go to another whole level. And it's going to be the culmination of the most unbelievable week in the history of East Wind Church. Evangelist Landon Gore will be preaching. We're all going to be back. I hope you come with faith and expectation because we serve a mighty good God. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. God bless you. We love you. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.